Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey and it has been a while since I've recorded a podcast so I'm super grateful to be uh, back at it and uh, so today we're going to take some moments before God in prayer and then get right into the Word of God together. Uh, let's take a moment and quiet our hearts and our minds before the Lord. Uh, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the opportunity of this day that's set before us. God, thank you for uh, the opportunity to dive into your word, to be nourished by your word, to be fed by your word. And God, I pray that in the next few moments, God, will you meet with us? God, will you open our hearts to hear you? God, will you open us up to understand the depths of your love and your word? God, thank you that we can be still before you. Thank you that we can let your word wash over us. Lord, I pray that you would meet us here. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We pray all these things because of Jesus. We pray all these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So today we're going to be uh, going between Psalm 24, 93, and Psalm 2. Uh, let's get right into reading this together. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God has created this universe, every physical thing that we see, animals, nature, the heavens, the earth is his. It belongs to him. The stars belong to him. The moon belongs to him. The rivers, the valleys, the, the mountains belong to God. It's his. The whole world. And then all who live in it are his. Let's remind ourselves of that because very easily we would say that Christians are the Lord's, but everybody else, uh, they're not God's. And yet God created every single person. There's not a person left out of the sphere of people that he's created. Some were not created by another God. They were all created by our God. And he created each person on purpose. When we look at Psalm 139, he talks about knowing us while we were in our mother's womb, knowing us and creating us on purpose, forming and fashioning us. There's no extra people. There's no backstage people. We're all, every single one of us, part of God's plan. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast out walking or, or uh, in a store or, or around people, look around every single person created on purpose. There's no in crowd and out crowd. There's no uh, delineation between people. God created each and every one of us, put us into time and space and said, you are here in this time. You are in this, uh, this generation on purpose. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and the world and all who live in it. All of it belongs to God. Not one person, not one thing created by a second God. There is one God and he created it all. 
For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. That's referencing back to Genesis where uh, creation happens. Verse 3 says this, after saying everything and everyone belongs to God, how mighty is God, and when we stop and we look uh, in, in 2021, when we stop at night and look up at the stars, realizing that they were made by God, when we look out over a, a, a valley or look at the, the height of a mountain or we look at the leaves that are changing, we look at this world realizing God made this. I didn't make this. There's no other God that compares. There's no other God that made this. And we look at every single person in our family, in our church, in our school, in, in the world, in our continent. God made them all. Verse three. God, who can get close to you? Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? And the answer to this question, who can get next to this God who made the sun? Who can get next to this God who created uh, every single person that we've ever laid our eyes on? Who can get close to this creator God? Who can get close to God Almighty? It says, uh, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. That's who can get close to the Lord. That's who can ascend the hill of God and get next to creator God. Those who have a clean hands and a pure heart. Well, not one of us can have clean hands and a pure heart because there's no sin that's not common to man. There's no unrighteous. No, not even one. We can't do this. We can't be pure. We can try and generations have tried and people groups have tried and we've taken oaths and uh, we've, we've, some people become monks and separate themselves from the world. They deny themselves food. They deny themselves even speaking. They deny themselves all kinds of things and yet we cannot find holiness in and of ourselves. We cannot make ourselves clean. We cannot make ourselves without sin. We cannot have pure hearts. We try and we pretend. Oh, we pretend. We pretend we are good. We pretend we are righteous. We pretend we have it all figured out. The only one that can make us righteous, the only one who can make us clean is Jesus himself. And so how can David say this? How can he pre-Jesus say that he has a clean heart? Well, uh, it's this next part. It's or swear by a false God. We have to recognize the reign of God. We have to recognize who God is and not have false idols. False idols today are not made out of wood or stone. There are few people that I know in America, in New York, who have actual idols that they worship made of wood or gems or stones. Maybe in some other countries or traditions, but here in America, in New York, I rarely see people worshiping actual statues. And you want to know why that's so dangerous? Because we're worshiping false gods that we cannot see. It's obvious when it's something I can pick up and put down. It's obvious when it's something that I'm holding here in my hand. But uh, it's not as obvious when we choose gods that we cannot identify or see. Well, here's some gods that we make. The, the top god that I see being made out of uh, people that I know, my friends, my community, the top God that I see others worshiping daily is the God of themselves. I 
can see people bowing down to their wants, their desires, their comforts, their uh, ways, wisdom, their own understanding, saying, I'm in charge and I'll go to God on occasion. But this verse, this, this Psalm says, who can go before God? Those that don't have false gods. And we have these false gods of ourselves. And we want to play a little addition and say, God, you can come alongside. But God wants to be your God. You can't be your God and God be your God. It's God or you. Who's in charge? Are you in charge of your life or is God? Are you the false God? Are you bowing down to yourself? Are you ordering your own steps? Are you depending on your own wisdom, your own understanding? In all your ways, you're acknowledging yourself. You're pushing yourself forward. You're pushing yourself up. You're recognizing yourself. Or are you making God your God? Did you create everything or did God? Did you form human life or did God? It, are, are you the God of your life or is God the God of your life? Have you set yourself up to be in charge? Many people have, and many people uh, fall back on that because that's what they know. They gotta pull themselves up by the bootstraps. They've gotta be the ones that are in charge instead of letting God direct their path. There are so many other false idols that I see in the United States of America, that I see in New York, that I see in my community, that I see in my friends, that I see in myself. There are so many false gods that we raise up and then we say, God, why can't we come close to you? Why can't we ascend your holy hill? Why aren't we hearing you speak to us? Because we've set up false gods. We let our spouses be in charge. We let our spouses be God to us. We let our kids be God to us. We follow their lead instead of the lead of the Holy Spirit. We let governments be in charge of us. We let money be in charge of us and make decisions for us instead of God. When God says to do something, we should do it. But we aren't hearing the voice of God. We're letting money speak for us. I can't give. I can't go. I can't help. Because we're letting money lead instead of letting God lead. We're letting friendships be false gods. We're letting our friends declare things over our lives. We're letting our friends dictate where we go and where we don't go. We're letting our friends uh, take up our time. When God wants to be God, God's the God that established the earth. God's the God that uh, made the very physical things that you see around you, and yet we've run to other creations as if they're God. Every friend that you have, God created them. Why not go to the source? Why not go to God who's above all of our understanding? But we make family in charge of us. Some of us make anger in charge of us. It's other people's fault that I'm angry and my anger dictates what I do and don't do with my daily life. Or bitterness, we've let bitterness go down deep, take root and grow inside of us. And so we can point our finger and blame so many other things uh, besides our own selves and get right with God. We let disappointment be in charge. Well, if this hadn't have happened, if I hadn't been so grossly disappointed, deeply disappointed, then I would live for God. Then I would let God speak to me, but I can't let God speak to me because I'm so disappointed. We've made disappointment an idol. It may not be a physical idol we can hold and put on a shelf and literally bow down before, but it's an idol that we've raised up and separated ourselves from God because of it. We don't come before him, ascend his holy hill because we have a God of disappointment. 
Some of us make our circumstances our idol. We put circumstances in charge of our lives. Well, whatever happens to me, whatever comes my way, whatever goes across my screen, that's my God. Whatever advertisement I see, whatever people call out to me, whatever others do, whatever things happen, that will rule and, and direct my life and I'll be tossed back and forth in, in whatever circumstance comes my way. And that will be my God. That will be my leader. That will be the thing that directs me. Some of us make our location, our, 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 our God, our idol. Well, if I did live here, then I could serve God. But it's because of the location I live in. There are so many idols that we set up. And we set them up one, two, three, four, across our, our mantle place. And we worship them without knowing it. It would be so much easier if they were made out of wood or gems or stone. Because then we could physically see them and say, enough. But we raise up these gods in America and we bow before them. And, and the question that David the psalmist asks is, who can get close to God? Who can hear his voice? Those who dis discard these other idols, who say these other idols are worthless compared to the creator God, who can make a flower bloom from the ground, who can take dirt up and create man. The God of the universe is the one to be in charge of our lives. Who can ascend the mountain of God? Who can stand in the most holy place? the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God, who seek your face, God, the God of Jacob. These other things that we're seeking after are so convenient. They're located right on our phones. They're located right as a quick thought that jumps into our head. But the God of the universe says, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's a heart uh, condition where we lay uh, submitted to God and his plan and his way saying, God, you are God. And we're not. Let's flip over to Psalm 93. And in Psalm 93, uh, it starts a, a, a collection of seven psalms that go 93 to 100 that make these great declarations about God. And, and this starts off with this banner, booming truth that goes like this. Psalm 93, the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. His throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The Lord's reign is firm and secure. No one else rules the world besides God. There's no power struggle. There's no uh, game of thrones back and forth, back and forth. There may be rebels against God's authority, but it's not challenged. <laughs> There's no chance of God being unthroned. His rule does not expire. It started before time and it will be after time. There's no expiration date or day where he will step off his throne and give it to a successor. He's not going to give it to someone else. The rule of God is forever. It is firm and established. His reign is without challenge. Earthly uh, thrones are, are temporary. They're, they're set up and they're taken down. They're changed by a vote. They're changed by circumstances. They're changed by a death uh, or, or a, a jealous uh, relative. But the throne of God is established forever. It's 
It's not new. It's forever. There are no boundaries to the reign of God. He reigns over governments. He reigns over nature. He reigns over people, good and bad. He reigns over minds. He reigns over hearts. He reigns over the rules and laws that are established by by mere men. God rules over all of it. There's no boundary lines to his reign. He doesn't reign over part of the earth. He reigns over the whole earth. He doesn't reign over certain groups of people. He reigns over all people. And there is no tug of war uh, between God and another power. God alone rules over all things. It's not that the Lord and someone else rules. He rules. He reigns. He is the one in charge of all things. It's firm and secure. It's not a shared reign. Our God reigns, always has and always will. Our great granddaughters will read this verse and it will still be true. And the people who have come before us, generations before us, read this and it was true. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm and secure and his throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. Let's flip back to Psalm chapter 2. And in Psalm chapter 2, we hear some of the same uh, rhetoric, the same language, the same truth being proclaimed. Psalm chapter 2 says, Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven, (laughs) the God we've been talking about who has ruled for all time, when he looks down and sees these nations conspiring, when he looks down and sees uh, people gathering together and saying, let's make our own plan, our own way against God, the one enthroned in heaven, verse 4, Psalm 2, 4 says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Really, guys? (laughs) Really? Verse 5, he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. And the psalmist says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son, and today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the end of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss the sun or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And this is a messianic psalm pointing to Jesus saying that Jesus is coming and Jesus will rule over nations and saying, you know, get on board with Jesus or or, uh, you will see the wrath and destruction that the Lord uh, can put on you. And blessed are those who take refuge in him. Blessed are those who recognize God's rule and reign, who come before God saying, you are God, not me, not the government, not my family, not my anger, not my bitterness, not my money, not my children. God, you are God. You are set up as God in my life. You speak and I will obey. I will order my life after your will ways. I will listen to your voice. I will uh, meditate on your law day and night. I will meditate on your ways. That means I will think on the ways of God, not on the ways that men have created or women have created. I will think on the ways of God and order my life after what he has for me to do. The Lord reigns. And who can come before him? 
those who have set him up as God in their life, if you recognize him as God. And here's, here's the thing. It's not about our righteousness or our holiness. It's about our admission that we need him to make us righteous and holy. So we can't say, well, I'll wait and get clean hands and a pure heart. Then I'll come before God. No, you need to say, God, you're God. That's what you need to do to come before him. And he will make you clean and he will make you holy. If you are honest enough to admit, God, I need your washing over me. I am a sinner. There's no sin that's not common to man. There's uh, no one that's righteous, not even one, not even me. I'm not righteous. When we can admit that to God, he can wash over us and forgive us and change us and to, to free us from all of the unrighteousness that we carry. But we have to be honest before him. And then with a pure heart, say, you are God, not being tossed back and forth in a tug of war with God, you're God when you're convenient. God, you're God when circumstances line up. God, you're God only when I'm healthy, only when my family's healthy, then you're God. No, he is the Lord of all, of all time, of every season, of every day, of every decade, of every time period in history. He reigns. He is God. So today, the challenge is that we would go before him asking for forgiveness for the sins that so easily come on us and that we would make him God and ask him to show us if there's anything else that we've made the ruler, the director, the manager of our lives. What manages our lives? What manages our time? Is it God or is it uh, external things? He is the God who made it all. Let's go back to Psalm 24, one in closing, Psalm 24. He is the God that made it all. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the water. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that uh, it speaks right to our hearts. It speaks through generations. Uh, it, it speaks in every season. And God, in this season, in our lives, we want to have clean hands and a pure heart. So God, I pray that we would be quick to confess our sins, to come before you with everything in us that uh, is not glorifying you. Help us to be washed clean, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we would make no other thing the Lord of our lives, that, that you would be God, you alone, you who established the heavens, you who put the sun in the, the sky, you who made the, the dirt and the grass and the birds and the animals and the people. God, you, the God, the creator, be Lord of our lives. Lord, help us to cast down any false idol that would stand up against the truth of who you are, any false idol who would manage or direct our time or our life, lives. God, help us to submit ourselves to you, to draw near to you, to resist the devil that he would flee from us and that we would be sons and daughters of the living God. Help us to draw closer to you. God, thank you for the opportunities that before us. Thank you for your word that is true in every season. God, help us to glorify your name and be reflections of your love to the world around us. Help us to trust in you alone. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.